So now let's go to the tech showcase. So again, you're a data scientist or you're working in one of these data science or machine learning startups. You've gotten past the point where you're being considered seriously by some major corporation. And you've sat in on some of these and you've, you've, you're pretty experienced with them and you've seen what it's like on the side of actually judging how well someone does at a tech showcase. So we've compiled, we've got a list of four items of do's and don'ts for a good technical showcase. So I'll start and we're going to just go through each one of these and, and see what your thoughts are on each one of these. So the first one that we have here is a don't. Don't be totally irrelevant. So you want to kind of stay on target for the actual. You've got this problem point that was initially figured out by the company. Absolutely. And then so stay relevant to that and yeah. don't go totally off. You that. you hit it um, exactly on point. Um, you know, we... We're compiling for technical showcases. We're compiling a relatively large audience, and you know, startups are gaining access to you know some experts from our you know technical staff, whether it's our data scientists from the A team, as well as leads and managers from our asset team. And so, it's really important that you're hitting on the pain point that has been identified by those individuals. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's something we help prep the startups with beforehand. But the last thing we want them to be is irrelevant. And, um, you know, our individuals um, that supported their or evaluating the technology to feel that you, know, you completely missed the mark. Um, that's, you know, kind of the first red flag for any uh -huh. technology yeah, or sure. any company that we're sure. evaluating. Yeah. <laughs> yep, sure. Yeah, several of these are going to be kind of like that. <laughs> so the next one is going to be a do, and this is kind of the opposite, somewhat of that last one. Do be prepared. Yeah. And even more specifically on that, learn about the actual, maybe for instance, the industry that the person is in, because maybe you're a tech startup, like for instance, from an oil and gas perspective, learn a little bit maybe about the oil and gas industry, uh, maybe like specific use cases or applications in oil and gas that maybe your tech would apply to, things of that nature. Absolutely. Um, you know, be prepared to talk about specific use cases and make the parallels for how that could transition into Anadarko's operational environment. Mm -hmm. How could something, you know, be adapted from the medical industry or, yeah. you know, um, space exploration and then be applied within the oil and gas industry? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's a hard leap for our team to make internally as they're evaluating those, those solutions. So I think taking the time to understand field operations in the oil and gas industry from broad concepts and even asking the intelligent questions so that we can make sure that there's the right fit and that we could transition this uh, technology into our organization. Mm -hmm. Going back to a don't, don't go over time. So is it fair to say the, what's the typical time? It's about 10 minutes or so? It's about a 10 to 15 minute pitch session um, that and, usually and you, includes questions. <laughs> okay. And you want them to actually stay in that time. Absolutely. Okay. So don't go over the 10 minutes. Try to actually hone the presentation to fit in the allotted time. Right. And this is kind of like an elevator pitch. You have to have this ready to go to pitch your stuff in an allotted time. It, it is. Um, you know, it. I can't tell you the number of pitch sessions that I've sat in and, you know, 20 minutes through the session, I still don't know what kind of technology okay. that, you know, they're pitching to yeah. us. Okay. And so I think having yeah. a really concise and effective message that you can deliver within that 10 minute mark is critical. And, you know, we've found that we've hosted everything from hour long, you know, kind of pitch sessions to, you know, the 10 to 15 minutes. And, we typically, as you start to work through this and you've seen you know, a number of startups, 
you can start to sniff out those that you know really do have um, you know some credibility and a solution that we want within that time frame. So um, I'd say that's a very important piece to to make sure you get your pitch deck honed in. Um, you know, work with with mentors and resources to have that you know, on point go. before you uh, come in front of this audience. Mm -hmm. And our last point, do be able to speak to the technical depth, the actual depth in there, as well as the business and do both of those well. Right. You know, I spoke earlier to, um, you know, you're presenting to a broad audience at this point in time. Um, your pitch deck has to convey, you know, why is this a sound business solution? Why would this meet the needs of the pain point that Anadarko's identified by our business team? But you're also starting to get in front of, you know, potentially some of our data scientists. Yeah. So you need to be able to touch on from a very high level, what are the technical capabilities of your solution? What type of algorithms are you using? Mm -hmm. um, and be able to do so in, a, in that 10 minute mark, um, yeah. you know, it becomes very difficult, but, you know, technical uh, depth and then the business understanding are always two key factors that we see in those technical yep. And make sure to hit both of them. Absolutely. Welcome back to part two, where we're again joined by Jenny Johnson. So in the second part, we typically do a little bit of how someone kind of gets into data science, but we're going to do it a little bit differently today. Today, given that we have Jenny here and given that she kind of facilitates and moderates this interesting progression for data science and machine learning startups, we're going to go through some different tips on this whole process for somebody that might be in the position of wanting to start a startup and wanting to go down this path where you're actually pitching to companies and getting involved in this way. So we're gonna, we're gonna take this in three parts. We're gonna first talk about kind of that initial look at different startups and how that, how that works and, and tips for startups of how you would even be considered maybe in the first place. And then we'll go to the, the tech review stage where maybe you're competing with let's say five other companies giving maybe a presentation and then finally, let's say you get past that, how you actually can manage to do the full integration. So let's start with that first part. Jenny, how, how can a startup really start to get to the point where they're actually being considered at all for these types of projects? Yeah, you know, it's, I think I mentioned before that, you know, one of the key um, factors for selecting a technology would be something that we view we could take to scale. And so, you know, a lot of that is driven by you start to look at the company's management team. Do they have the business acumen and the technical expertise to be able not only to take an idea, develop it into a viable prototype, but then also make that a commercially viable product? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, so we do a lot of the, the understanding of, is there the expertise in place? We also start to look at funding. And you know, a lot of times you can start to follow the money. Uh, where are the venture capitals investing in these companies. And as far as funding goes, does it help that they have the self-funding because you know maybe also that they're not going to like just kind of disappear overnight? Is that another piece of that? Because you, I think you had mentioned before about kind of the maturity level of some of these. They have to kind of get to a certain maturity level before maybe you'll take them seriously as a potential company to partner with. Correct. Um, you know, so a lot of times they'll have to work through, the startups will go through rounds of seed funding. And, um, you know, from the venture capital perspective, uh, we work with that network to understand, you know, which technologies are they willing to invest in? And uh, oftentimes they will come to Anadarko as well from a venture capitalist perspective 
and understand what technologies are we interested in moving forward that would become good investments. And so ultimately, they're going to look at you know the company that for scale for them it is an exit um, from that investment. Yeah. And so you know there has to be the ability for them to have a roadmap to be able to take that from ideation all the way to commercially viable product. Each of these traits of these companies does somewhat influence how practical it would be to actually have them as a, a partner, someone to use. So going back again to this funding, is it like a hard requisite that they have some initial funding so that you know that they're kind of at that level of maturity? Or of course, each case, it's going to be case by case on every trait and everything. It's going to be case by case. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, no case is going to be, be the same. Um, we look at technologies that are very early stage. Um, some of them have, have may not even received any funded funding at this point in time, or they could okay. be self-funded. Um, you know, all the way through some that have successfully exited from you know venture capital seed rounds of funding. Um, you know, typically I think it's just critical for us. Um, you know, and what we do is remain connected to that venture capitalist community to understand where they're making investments and keep that dialogue open so that they also are investing in technologies and companies that we view as viable. Um, there have been many cases where we've seen an idea, um, you know, if it's something that we believe in um, and a technology that we believe provides value to Anadarko, we have a network and, you know, through the relationships and the connections that we've built to help fund those companies, to mm -hmm. take it to scale, Interesting. Um, you know, in collaboration with our team. Okay, so, so you totally will do the full spectrum funding-wise. We do not. Um, I think I mentioned before that we do not invest, but we can help make those connections to venture capital um, okay. you know, partners gotcha. who would have the funding. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, oftentimes they they do view, you know, Anadarko, um, you know, when we make a recommendation, they look very seriously at those companies. And we have seen some that have received funding to move forward, um, you know, because it's a technology that we've wanted to apply out in our fields. That's very interesting uh, and really cool, actually. What about going back to, you mentioned the management team. Mm -hmm. What does that need to look like? Are there, again, kind of hard requisites on that? I'm sure there's not no hard requisite, but for instance, if I came to you personally and I just said, well, I have my basement that I live in and I have my laptop and I have this idea, you should, we should just run with it and you guys should hire me. Or maybe if it's just like a group of like two PhD students or something that has some idea, or, or do you need very specific thing? There needs to be like a business person managing the place or, or what does that look like? We've, we've seen companies at every, every stage from the guy in the garage with a great idea okay. to those that, you know, have a full, um, you know, structured management team mm -hmm. in place. Um, so I don't say, I would not say that there's one right size fit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do believe, though, if we find an idea that, um, you know, is, is a viable solution and, you know, something that's providing a novel technology to, to our organization, that, you know, there are means to, um, to be able to start to fund those. Yeah. And, um, you know, the management teams will oftentimes have a very different dynamic, but, um, you know, you're typically going to have to have the right balance of business and technical expertise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you start to move through, um, you know, the funding with potentially if you're going after venture funding, um, you know, it would be something that they would recommend, um, you know, management team um, and help you craft that dynamic. 
Um, I wouldn't discourage anyone. Um, you know, if you have a great idea and it's several PhDs, um, you know, from from Rice or any of the other uh, sure. universities that, uh, you know, as you start to sell your idea, there's some fantastic programs. Uh, Rice Alliance um, is one that we've worked with. And, you know, they, they offer the opportunity to connect you with, you know, funding um, sources through venture capitals, accelerator, incubator programs, um, you know, oil and gas venture capitalists, um, as well as other operators such as Anadarko. And so, you know, I think using those resources and, um, you know, looking for the right um, mentorship uh, through some of the programs that are available to early stage startups, they will help you define what that right balance and what that right mix would look like for your specific technology and for your specific company. And just to finally reiterate one more time on this kind of viable product is that's somewhat of a hard requirement, it sounds like. How much of a hard requirement is that, that you have some type of prototype, commercially viable product ready to showcase? In, in most cases, we do have a viable product that we can start to pilot. Um, you know, if we're taking any of these technologies out into the field, um, you know, it has to be ready to be deployed. Um, you know, sometimes the, the development, you know, we'll be installing hardware, for example, um, you know, we've had an instance where we've used machine learning and computer vision analytics um, on some of our rigs. And so, you know, the hardware is something that's easy to deploy, a camera, but, you know, we will work to develop the algorithms and the machine learning on the back end in conjunction with the startup partner that we've selected. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's various states of readiness, um, but, you know, I think in most cases, um, you know, we, we do keep an eye on all stages of technology, but we want to find something that we could, um, that delivers immediate value back to the organization within the span of, you know, several months to a year's mm -hmm. time. All right, and finally to end, you've made it past, let's say the tech showcase. You've, you've met with these people, there's been these presentations and some maybe even competition and you've gotten past that. And now it's time to get a little more serious. So what comes after the tech showcase and what would be some main points to kind of focus on after you get past that stage? So honestly, the purpose of the tech showcase was really just to gauge if there's a fit between the technology and the pain point that we mm -hmm. identified. We then need to go through a series of technical evaluations and that would be you know, very in-depth conversations with the experts at the startup as well as experts from within our organization. So that's going to be, you know, leaders in our asset teams, as well as, you know, our data scientists um, coming in to evaluate the technology. And, you know, a lot of that will focus on, is this a solution that we can integrate within, you know, our current systems infrastructure? You know, we start to dig into you know, what is the architecture um, of that technology? Does it fit within our technical stack? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we get down to sometimes looking at the algorithms, understanding what methods are being applied. Um, is it fit for purpose? Is this the same approach that our data science team would actually recommend? Um, and you know, ultimately, we come out of that with understanding what's the what's the roadmap for this technology development, and is it something that we see Anadarko being able to invest in? And so, maybe one of the ways some uh, company might stand out would be like making it easy to do the actual integration process. Absolutely, because it could be that maybe the two systems, like for instance, like an internal how you're doing all of your cloud solutions. Mm -hmm. Maybe there might be like integration problems or 
and you need to figure out how to actually match what you've developed. To... Exactly. We want to look at their technical stack. We want to compare that yeah. to ours and then understand, you know, how are we going to be able to integrate? How can we take this to scale? Because sometimes it's easy to execute or make a pilot work on, yeah. you know, one well yeah. or, you know, with with one small data set. But when we start to talk about scaling this across an entire enterprise, um, that becomes you know, very difficult. And that is an evaluation that we need to do upfront before um, investing or starting to work with any of these technologies. And it might be helpful for them to kind of like try to make it easier for you guys on, on that actual integration step. Absolutely. So maybe try to figure out how you can make that process as easy as possible. Correct. Okay, so now, I think maybe the company's wondering, when do I actually get paid? How do, when does the money start coming into play where, for instance, some data science startup might actually get paid on a project or something? Mm -hmm. How does, it's getting close, I think, to that time where there might be some payment. Yeah, if we decide to move forward into a pilot phase or an actual trial of the technology, um, that is typically a paid arrangement. Um, so Okay, that's that, comes, that comes around this time point it's, around after you're done with the tech it does showcase. you get through the technical showcase we yeah. go through a series of technical evaluations yeah. and we make the determination that we want to move forward with trialing the technology and okay. we enter into the pilot phase okay and pilot what is what is a pilot exactly what does that mean what does that look like so emerging technologies by definition are typically you know unproven okay. and so this pilot is just that it's you know a small scale um, trial to actually determine if the if the technology is viable within our, our company. And so, you know, we typically set forward some very specific success criteria. So we sit with the asset and our business partners and define in the startup and define what does success look like coming out of this initial test. And those criteria can can vary. Um, for instance, it could be, you know, production uplift. Are we able to see a percentage uplift after we apply this technology? Um, you know, from an algorithm perspective, are, you know, in the case of the, the data example, are we able to extract a percentage of additional data that we didn't have insight into before? Yeah. We establish those metrics, we execute the pilot, and then we measure and report back to determine if we'd want to move forward. Okay, so you guys will kind of create some data set for them. You'll you'll take the, the main problem, you'll isolate some like small data set to go ahead and then like hand over a small piece of like internal information and data. Exactly. To them, a and small, then they can start. Exactly. Small subset of data or if we're deploying any hardware or technology into the field, it would be a you know, a very small one to two wells um, okay. you know, trial of that technology. Okay, and then you so you hand that over, let's say in the data case. Mm -hmm simpler uh, you hand over some subset of the data they're gonna look, look at well logs let's say you'll hand like some small subset of like right. well log data yeah. over and then they'll basically kind of just see what they can do and then they'll kind of do their uh, let's say run their algorithms or create the product for you right. and then kind of come back and showcase it back off to you and that's exactly what they do um, you know oftentimes it would be well logs any type of production data and We've identified maybe specific events that we um, that the, the startup believes they can identify from that data set, and so we'll take um, you know a subset of data where we have known events, label that without telling the startup, and then yeah. you know see what they're able to to do um, to identify that. Okay, great. And then at that point, you're getting pretty close to uh, full integration from there. Integration and scale. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure a lot of people are actually going to find that very useful. And thank you so much for joining me today, Jenny. No problem. Thank you.